Well, we've just started a new series just last week uh, in the book of 1 Peter. And this evening, Rui will be coming to speak to us um, from the next section of this uh, chapter. Um, But I'm going to ask Josh uh, to come up and read the passage. Um, We're reading from 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 6 to 12. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now, for a little while, you may, have to su- you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come to you so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though, ref- even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and, m- and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith and salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of grace that was to come to you, searching intently with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing to when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them and that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the, the things that they had when they spoke of the things that they had now been told to you by those who had not those who had preached the gospel to you by the holy spirit sent from heaven even angels look long to look into these things well thank you josh uh, i'm just going to invite Rui uh, on the stage um, i'm just going to pray for him let's pray Oh, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you uh, for Rui. Lord, thank you for the time and preparation he's put into preparing this talk. And Lord, I pray that um, you would just anoint his words, that you would use his words. Please open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears to hear what he has to say, what you have to say uh, to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Josh, for reading that. Um, Beck, if you wouldn't mind handing out. We've got some things for some of the younger guys to do. Um, while we're having our talk here, but it is linked to, to the talk, so we'll come back to that a bit later. But I wonder, as a, as a follower of Jesus, do you know that you have something more precious than anyone could imagine? Your faith in the saving work of Jesus for you, your faith in your salvation is something that is more valuable than gold. It is... It is something that can help you when people make fun of you at school or when you're marginalized in the workplace or when your family mock you for being a believer in Jesus. Your faith in the salvation of Jesus, it it confirms the inheritance that you've got in God's heavenly kingdom forever. Your salvation is something that's been searched for for thousands and thousands of years. And even angels peer down at your salvation in amazement. Your faith in the saving work of Jesus for you, it matters today and it matters forever. It matters because for following Jesus, you will most likely stand out from other people around you. A few of us went to a um, youth workers conference yesterday in Muswell Hill. And and while we were there, uh, the guy who was talking mentioned a story. He mentioned that young people and youth workers will stand out like sore thumbs. But he actually turned that story on its head. And he said that 
actually, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you stand out as a healthy thumb amongst sore thumbs, amongst damaged thumbs, amongst thumbs that are unhealthy. As a Christian, you stand out as a healthy thumb. But sticking out does mean that we will be mocked. We will be ridiculed. We will, we will have things said about us. We will not be invited to the right parties. We will have our friends and family not want to spend time with us. That is what Peter means when he's talking about trials. For us, those are the sort of trials that we could have as a follower of the Lord Jesus. This letter is written to train us to be willing to go through the trials, to go through suffering for being a follower of Jesus. The letter is written so that God's chosen people can live God-glorifying, Christ-like lives amidst suffering and persecution, assured of the ultimate glory that they have for themselves. And James's talk that he did last week gave us the, the first leg of that, that standing firm in the hope of heavenly inheritance in the face of suffering is something that the people were called to do. I don't know about you, but have you noticed how really relevant that is today? Have you ever been mocked for your faith at school, at work, with your friends, with your family? Have you ever been ignored? Has anybody ever made snide comments about your faith? Have you not been invited to that party that everybody else went to? Well, if you have, then this letter is for you. It's also for people who may face trials of different sorts. So if you look at the press nowadays, we've had things like the Ashes Bakery case where this group of Christians, this this company of Christians in Ireland were asked to put something on a cake that their faith disagreed in. And they took a stand and were taken to court. Or if you look at the assault on Christian marriage, the institution of Christian marriage nowadays, That's being eroded by some of the things that are being said in this world. So I think God is doing something pretty amazing right now. We're looking at 1 Peter today. As I said, yesterday we went to a a youth workers conference. The passage that was preached on there yesterday was 1 Peter. Some of the ladies went to the women's convention earlier this year. What was the passage? 1 Peter. I think this letter is so relevant to us nowadays that actually we can't ignore what God is saying, that we all need to be listening to this letter. Peter has written to these believers in these different cities across what is now modern Turkey. He's written to them to try and encourage them because they're facing trials. They're being mocked. They're being taken to court for their faith. But he doesn't start his letter by going and saying, this is what you need to do, or these are the steps you need to take. He starts by reminding them about the absolute basic thing they need to know. The awesomeness of their faith. The awesomeness of their faith. And that's not something wishy-washy. Faith is something that you, as a believer, are certain of. You believe is solid. You believe is secure. But faith in what? Well, Peter puts it this way. He says faith in your salvation is what you need to have. Salvation is not a popular word nowadays. People don't like to be reminded that they need to be saved from something. 
They may not even realize that they need to be saved from something. But salvation is something that, crucially, everybody needs to hear about. And as believers, we've heard that already. We have heard the news of that salvation. We've read the things that are said. So we can read the things that are in Acts 2 about salvation is found in no one else. It's only found in Jesus. We can read what's written in Romans that it's the gospel that leads to our salvation. The good news of what Jesus did for us. Our faith in our salvation is the thing that will sustain us through the mockery, through the ridicule, through being sidelined by other people. And that's where Peter starts. He says, if you get that base right, everything else will go well. If you have that absolute certainty in that faith of your salvation, you can withstand anything. So let's have a look at what the letter says in the first couple of verses, verses 6 and 7. Verses 6 and 7. In all this you greatly rejoice, though for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. And we're going to spend most of our time in these two verses before we spend a bit of time talking about them. But actually there are three things in these verses that we really need to be aware of. Timescales that Peter is asking us to think about, the value of our faith in our salvation, and the genuineness of our faith as well. Firstly, the timescales. Peter is really at pains to get this across to everybody. He says, for a little while you will suffer grief and trials for a little while i don't know about you but when i've been mocked when i've had people say to me why are you a christian that doesn't feel like a little while but actually there are two images that we can we can have we've really got to get our heads around the eternity side of this and when we were traveling back yesterday in the car um elise shared with us that actually her son nathan when he'd been going into his school to share his faith and, and something that he felt was important in his faith um, with other people in his school. He was taking a long piece of rope. And at the end of it was a little bit of color. Just a tiny bit of color at the end of the rope. And he took that to his school to show them that actually that's our lives. Just a little bit at the end. But actually eternity stretches on and on and on. And Nathan, I think it's fantastic that you did that at your school. I think it's absolutely immense. Well done, matey. I want to show you another way of thinking about it as well. Dan, do you mind? Cool, thank you. Now, I want you to imagine, if do you want to go to that one? If you actually just use the um, divider, that'd be fine. I want you to imagine that... Out that way, out that way. Sorry, 90 degrees, 90 degrees. So you're just your fingers against the board and the other one pointing into the room. Yeah, that's it, cool. So I want you to imagine that from the tip of one finger to the tip of the other finger is your whole life. Your whole life. From the tip of your fingers that are touching the board to your wrist is probably when you're a baby, before you go to school. From your wrist to your elbow is probably your time at school. From elbow to elbow, probably your time at work. From the elbow onwards is when you're serving the Lord in a different way. We think that that is all that life holds. 
The grief that we feel is just a small portion of that span. But actually our faith in our salvation means that actually, although our life may start with us touching that wall, it actually goes from the end of that finger, through that wall, through the end of the road, through Caterham, through London, through England, and all the way around the world. And all the way around the world. And all the way around the world, and all the way around the world, and all the way around the world, and all the way around. It will just go on and on. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. We may suffer grief for a small portion of our lifespan, but actually the faith we have in our salvation goes on for eternity. And that's what Peter wants these believers in these different cities to realize as they're going through these trials. Peter is urging them to have a different view of the timescales of their sufferings, to get it into perspective. But as well as that, our faith is more valuable than gold. Now, we might be able to imagine something that's more valuable than gold because we live in a different age. But when he's writing this letter, Peter is writing to these people, he's saying, gold is the most precious thing you could have on this earth. But actually, your faith in your salvation is much more precious than that. It's much more valuable than that because gold perishes. Gold eventually will disappear. But the faith you have in your salvation will go on forever and ever and ever. And the third thing he says in just these two verses is that through the trials, they will see the genuineness of the faith they have in the salvation that Jesus has won for them. That actually as they come through the trials and come out the other side, still with their faith secure in what Jesus did for them, that it will prove to them that their faith is genuine. So actually when we are mocked, when we have those snide comments made to us, coming out the other side with our faith intact proves to us that our faith is genuine. That actually we have really put our trust in the right place, in what Jesus did for us on the cross. Because what Jesus did is awesome. Our faith is based on the saving work of our Lord. Just awesome. But he goes on to say, goes on to say in these two verses, though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Isn't that just like us? We don't see him now, but we love him. We don't see him, but we believe in what he did for us. This could be written for us, not just for those people 2,000 years ago. Your faith reveals the salvation of your soul. Your faith, when you go through those difficult times, wherever it might be, reveal that your soul is saved. Really hang on to that. Really hang on to that when you're going through those trials. (laughs) 
the last couple of verses. These verses talk of prophets who spent centuries and centuries and centuries trying to find out about the Messiah, the Christ, the one who would save everybody, the one who would restore their relationship with God. I feel so blessed that I sit this side of when Jesus came. That actually I have the accounts of Jesus dying for me. I have the accounts of Jesus being mocked. Of Jesus being beaten. Of Jesus being lied about in a court of law. Of him dying for me. But people are still looking for this saviour. People are still trying to find it. And I feel so heartbroken that actually they've missed it. That he's here. We can find him so easily. But it just proves just how important it is to be looking for Jesus. (laughs) Proves it because even the angels... Long to look into these things. Angels in heaven who already have eternity are straining to look and catch a glimpse of the salvation that we have. They think it is so awesome and so amazing that they want to get a peek of it. They just want to get a glimpse of the faith that we have. The salvation that we have is so awesome that they just want to catch a brief look at it. Peter's written an awesome book. Read it and read it and read it and read it. Read the Gospels to remind yourself of the saving work that Jesus did for you on that cross. The fact that he had names called to him. He was called all sorts of things. He's experienced any trial that we could ever go through. If you find it difficult to read the Bible, then actually get yourself a devotional book. There were some at um, the conference. This one here is The Beauty of the Cross, Reflections for Lent from Isaiah 52 and 53. Get yourself a devotional book to read between now and Easter. Easter is the best time to be focusing on our salvation. It's just an awesome time to be thinking about it. But remember your salvation. Think back to the story of your own salvation. Think back to when you came to that realisation that Jesus died for you. Keep that in your mind as well. Hear the story of other people. The Real Lives Week was a fantastic week when we could hear loads and loads of stories of people who had come to a saving faith with Jesus. And rejoice and praise and worship God for what he's done. Peter is trying to help those early followers have their brains rewired. We as humans have this instinctive reaction that when somebody mocks us, we want to fit in. We don't want to stand out. But actually, Peter is saying that we need to have our brains rewired as well. Not just those people in Cappadocia and Bithynia and everywhere else. We need to have our brains rewired. The faith in salvation that we have is so precious and so amazing that we need to have that in mind. That is the foundation that Peter lays 
before saying anything else to this group of believers. And that faith that you in this room hold is precious and amazing. It helps you to face those trials today. But especially when you compare it with the time span of eternity. Your faith in the saving work of Jesus for you matters today and forever. Because it does mean that you can stand out like a healthy thumb amongst all the sore ones. We've got a couple of questions that we're going to discuss around the tables while we do that. I'm going to take any of the younger guys, if you want to come and follow me over there, and I mean anybody probably primary school rather than anyone younger, older than that. If you want to come over here and just join us on this table over here, we've got something that we're going to do here. The rest of you, if you want to just chat through these, these two questions, please do leave enough time to pray about these things as well at the end. And after that, the youth band are going to come back up and lead us in a couple of songs of worship to finish off our time together.